Blue Wire. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. We dive deep into the NFL this week. How about them Niners? How about that Nick Bosa? The Patriots' hot defense. J.J. Watt out for the season. What does that mean in the AFC South? We talk some NBA, and we talk World Series, and of course, the Houston Astros' Stephanie Epstein situation. So, my fangirl nation friends, let's get right to it. All right, Steph, let's jump right in. Uh, We've talked before about October being like the best month in sports because there's so much going on, and this October is no exception. So let's jump right in. Start with the NFL. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. How about them Niners? Yeah, I mean, the Niners are, I think at first, when they first started the season off so well, everybody kept asking, you know, are the Niners for real? And now I think there was a quote, somebody said, it's not even um, whether or not they're for real. It's how good are they really? I think that they're obviously in the hunt for the Super Bowl. It's exciting for them because the last few years have been pretty tragic for the Niners in a lot of sense. And they've totally rebuilt this team from scratch. At least it seems like that. And the defense is just so dominant. And it's and I think with that Carolina win, it was a real big statement game. Oh, it absolutely was. And it was a game that I definitely thought was going to at least be close. It it was one of those games that felt like they could lose it. I did still feel like they were going to win it, but I thought it would be close. But you have a team who's got a very strong defense, who had a quarterback who had gone 4-0. He had not thrown an interception. Obviously, this was probably his biggest test against that 49ers defense. But you hit on something that they rebuilt this team from scratch. And when they made the trade for Emmanuel Sanders last week, I had tweeted that when you think about where they are for where they were two weeks ago and what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done in such a short amount of time, because that trade was a statement that trade said we are competing. We think we can win now and we are going to do what we need to do to do that because they're going to not. Emmanuel Sanders made his presence known very early on. He had four receptions. His second was a right. touchdown. They yes. they do have a you know true number one wide receiver. And I think for other teams in the league, you have to look at the Niners and say, this is a rebuild, and this is what a rebuild is supposed to look like. The first year is going to be really bad. Last year would have been different had Garoppolo not got injured in that third game. I still don't know that they would have been gone more than eight, better than eight and eight last year, but you know, it would have been different. But now you're seeing a team with depth. You're seeing the scheme come together. You're seeing this defense come together. It's just, it's really incredible. Uh, It's very fun to cover a team that is winning every week. And of course, they're (laughs) going to lose. It's much different than it was. They're going to lose a game or two or three along the way. But this is a true rebuild in action and just shows you put the right people in place and you make the necessary moves. And they made so many good moves this offseason on defense. Bringing Chris Kassarik in to coach that defensive line was just brilliant and necessary, as we have seen. Nick Bosa, who we can talk more about in a minute, was really, I would almost say, a steal as a number two pick because, my God, he is amazing. 
Juan Alexander, D Ford, they really upgraded the defensive front. And you see a healthy Richard Sherman. Emmanuel Mosley has filled in so nicely for Akella Witherspoon. And that's what I mean. And they have depth. Akella Witherspoon went down and everybody was so concerned. But when you have depth on a team, when you lose a starter, it's okay. And beyond that, they've been doing the last few weeks without their two starting tackles and without their fullback, in addition, without a starting corner. So when everybody comes back, but again, they have depth, and that's huge. Let's talk about Nick Bosa. He has gone from rookie of the year front runner to now fully in the conversation, defensive player of the year. He had three sacks the other day, four more tackles, three tackles for loss, a pass breakup, and then, of course, that interception, which was just, Awesome. The entire press box was laughing as he went barreling down the field, stiff-arming guys left and right. Um, but what a special player. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely once-in-a-generational type of player. He um, has definitely embraced San Francisco, where it's at. He's become a fan favorite. It's It's exciting to see because, you know, he didn't really start off that way in the beginning. But, you know, he's just there to play football. And I respect that about him. And it's so exciting because I think it can actually bond. I think one thing about sports is it bonds people together. So it's like, how can you not cheer for this guy? And I think it really shows that we have more in common than we might think. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, fandom's really important. And I'm I'm proud of him. I'm, I think he went into a kind of, you know, weird position. But he it really well. He's um, very mature when he speaks, and he's all these things. And you can, you, he's just being playful about it, and he's not taking things too seriously, and he's just doing his job and playing football. Absolutely, and he's, it's so funny because his on-field persona is so different than his off-field when you watch him in a press conference. Like, you know, everybody comes into the post-game press conference. You're either in uniform because you're basically straight off the field, or you're, like, showered and dressed in a suit or put together. He came in in shorts and a hoodie. And just <laughs> talked about the game. And I think my favorite Nick Bosa moment the other day was he was asked, Bruce Irvin made a comment, like right. the 49ers aren't going to set the world on fire, whatever it was he said, which I think is just kind of a silly thing to say after you've been beaten 51 to 13. And right. Nick Bosa was asked, what do you think about that? And he said, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and he yeah, means I it. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I mean, so, yeah, that, it, and that's kind of the, the point, like, you know, he's not there he's not there to really like comment on everybody's, you know, opinions or whatever. He's just there to play football and I like it. I like it. He you know, I like that he's um really embracing that role. And he also, in my opinion, is the early candidate for MVP of celebrations. <laughs> celebrations yeah, week after funny. week. I've been so good. Um, so it's just they're he's fun to had- watch. Yeah, and he's had a, a lot of really good weeks. Obviously, this was – I think he'll probably get the rookie of the week this, you know, definitely this, you mm-hmm. know, after seeing all the – everything. But, like, I have to, like, say, you know, Gardner Minshew has gotten five of the seven weeks as rookie of the week. So, I think he's – but then Gardner's probably going to go out, but he's – going to have to compete with that rookie you know thing I know it's offensive and defensive but you know it's I just had to mention that because he's been really fantastic yes he definitely has 
I think Bosa will get it this week, and he sure has had a lot of good weeks. The two of them may be battling it out week after week the rest of the season. Of course, I say that, but I, I have to take that back because, as you mentioned, Gardner Minshew's time as starting quarterback is probably coming to an end relatively soon. When is Nick Foles back for the Jaguars? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. It's it's going to be close, though. I mean, he's back at practice. He's, like, doing drills, seven-on-seven, seven, all that stuff. I do think he's probably going to come out, like, back after the bye in week 11. That's my guess, you know. But, um, you know, it, it would make sense. And, you know, Minshew's just doing really well, and he's finding ways to win. I know they're only four and four, but they've had some really close losses, and it's not been because of Minshew. It's been because, you know, they were centimeters away from the goal. Or, you know, it, it's just mm-hmm. – ha- They've had a bit of bad luck. They've had a lot of injury. And, of course, Ramsey didn't really help that team at all. And, you know, I think a lot's going to be, you know, determined the next few weeks here, whether or not they decide to, like, let everyone go. You know, he's on the final edge of his contract. and Or are they going to rebuild for next season? It's just going to be, I guess, time will tell to see how many they win and what they do. But, um, you know, Minshew's holding it down for, you know, a rookie, uh, a rookie quarterback just coming in and, you know, doing what he does. It's impressive. It's impressive by any metric. And one thing I want to mention also just for our listeners today is the NFL trade deadline. At the time of recording, there haven't been any new trades to report for today, but we'll obviously Keep an eye out for them, so we'll be tweeting about that. So, you know, follow us at Fangirl Sports, at 49ers Fangirl, at Jaguars FGSN. But that's just an aside I wanted to mention since we mentioned the Sanders trade and you talked about the Jaguars and what they're going to be figuring out. um, I just wanted to mention that for everybody. So over uh, on the Texans, unfortunately, J.J. Watt is out for the season. And it's just so heartbreaking because you've got a guy that's such a talent and such a good person. And he's had a couple of these really bad injuries, and it's just it's heartbreaking for him and for the Texans, who I think, as we all know, I'm such a fan of Deshaun Watson uh, and what I think that team can do. And I guess we will see how it really affects them, especially being in the AFC South with those red-hot Indianapolis Colts and their franchise QB, Jacoby Brissett. Um, it's going to be a battle to win that division. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's sad because J.J. Watt – I feel like you know his first five seasons in the NFL I mean he had like I don't even know how many sacks there were like almost 80 or something crazy like that you know and he had um all these tackles for loss and it really I I thought he was going to break the record you know he was that type Mm -hmm. of caliber player but now it feels safe to say it won't happen and it's just sad it's heartbreaking like he tweeted and the fact that you know Houston traded, you know, JV on Clowney to the Seahawks and without Watt, that just totally cripples them. Yeah, it really does. I still don't entirely understand that trade, but <laughs> that may be that may be one that goes down in history until the day I die where I say I, I just I don't understand that trade and I don't understand Dave Roberts taking Rich Hill out after Six and three quarters, fantastically pitched innings in game five of the 2018 World Series. So these are the two things that may the rest of my life just haunt me and I won't understand. And it's okay because that's just, that's the way it goes. And we will actually talk World Series in a little bit. 
Um, I want to talk about the other undefeated team and the Patriots. And we spent a lot of time, of course, talking about Tom Brady and the offense. But all of a sudden, this Patriots defense, it, you know, it's so interesting because the two undefeateds really are right. winning on defense. I mean, obviously, the offenses are doing their jobs and they're performing. And so I'm taking nothing away from the job those offenses are doing because they're obviously doing a great job. But you have two defenses here that are just stellar. Um, I mean, it would be fun to see these two teams play in the Super Bowl because I think it would either be like 48 to 40 or it'll be like 10 to 6 <laughs> is what I think would potentially could happen if they played each other. But, you know, the Patriots don't actually have a true defensive coordinator right now. Um, I'm sure yeah. Bella, they're fine, obviously. But um, it's it just been really kind of cool to watch them win. And I was talking to someone earlier how hard it is to win in the NFL because of injuries and because of a variety of factors. And, you know, New England has found a way to win year after year in different ways, and that defense is very impressive. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I have to kind of go back uh, – you know my opinion on the Patriots. I do. Like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I would be okay with them going to the Super Bowl again is if they face the Niners because it's Garoppolo Brady. Like, I want to see that. Like, I, that's mm-hmm. a game I'm 100% willing to watch. And the fact that there's two really, like, monumental defenses here, that would be an amazing game. And if you're a fan of football, you would love it. What I do have to say, though, is, like, the major criticism from all the talking heads, like, all the, um, you know, everybody that, you know, writes about sports is that, oh, well, Niners haven't faced anybody tough yet. Oh, Niners haven't faced anybody, you know, you know, really good. Not any, you know, team contender. You know, there's no playoff teams, blah, blah, blah. But the Patriots have the easiest schedule so far this entire year, and they don't get the same criticism. So, you know, I would love to see the 49ers shut them down (laughs) in the Super Bowl. Well, I would say they do and they don't. There has been criticism, a little bit of criticism lately, that that defense has yet to to face a true quarterback. And I actually listened to another podcast yesterday, um, ESPN Daily, and Bill Barnwell, and I don't have the exact numbers, but I would I, it's worth listening to. And he did an analysis on the eight quarterbacks they've played against the Patriots defense, and then if they played a defense that wasn't as good. And the, mm-hmm. the difference in numbers is kind of staggering. Not, none of the quarterbacks in his analysis and how he did it did well against any other team. Right. But, and, of course, this is all hypothetical, but it was – it was interesting. Both teams' schedules are about to change, you know, dramatically. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I had also tweeted the other day, not to toot my own Twitter horn, but I tweeted the other day, maybe it's not that the 49ers haven't played anybody. Maybe they're just better than everybody. And that criticism, you know, the thing is with, with that criticism is at the end of the day, you can only play who's on the schedule. And right. I understand and what people are saying. Yeah. But I, the Niners have, they now have the Cardinals – the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and then the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints over the next several weeks. It will be interesting. I think this 49ers defense, I put them up against anybody. Will they lose one or two games in that stretch? I would think absolutely, but that defense is for real. It doesn't matter who they're playing. And I I think that narrative really, 
in my opinion, really ends with the statement against the Panthers because that's a good football team. And yeah. they were they oh, were the six yeah. right now. If the playoffs were had started Sunday, they would have been, you know, a, the sixth playoff team. And so I, I I think that changes. But the Patriots also do have a very tough schedule coming up. I, they have uh, the Ravens, the Cowboys. I don't have all of it in front and of me, but Raven. they do have. Yeah, but you're right. You're absolutely right because like even the Cardinals look pretty good. You know, they're a different yeah. team than they were last season. And you know, Seattle always like to me, pull some sort of hat, you know, rabbit out of their hat, you know what I mean? Yes. Hat out of, hat, really or do. hat out of a rabbit. <laughs> but <laughs> Something is getting pulled out, and it is really just <laughs> too much. And it's like, always like, how'd they do that? Or what, a, you know, and Russell Wilson's good, you know, he, he fights hard, he's always there. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be said, especially in the NFC West. Um, at the same time, the Pats are going against you know, the Ravens look really good and like the Vikings and like all the, you know, what they have to go through. And I'm thinking, you know, this is good. This is, this is the kind of football I'm here for. <laughs> you know what? A hundred percent. And I feel like that is going to be fun, especially in the second half of the season and in the playoffs. You're right. This is why we love football. There are really good teams in the NFL. And I think right now, you know, there are two that look maybe more dominant than others. Well, in the but in the AFC, I really would say, like, the Colts, the Texans, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Chiefs, these are all really good football teams. And the Chiefs really competed the other night against the Packers with Matt Moore, at quarterback, yeah. as opposed to Patrick Mahomes. And I was surprised because I thought – and top to bottom, I think the Packers are a better team. But the Chiefs really competed. And kudos to Matt Moore. He held his own in that game against yeah, Aaron Rodgers. And then in the NFC, yes, excellent coaching. Then the NFC, you have obviously the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Vikings, who are having a a resurgence, which we can talk about in a second. The Saints, who obviously are just really good. They are so good. They may be the best team in the NFC, but time will tell. Uh, The Packers, I mean, this Seattle, it's going to be a very fun few months between now and and the Super Bowl, and I can't believe that we're moving into week nine. The season just goes so fast. Yeah. But, um, but it's, it's cool to see all these really good teams because it seems like there's only been a few in the last few seasons that have been, like, good, and then everybody else gets blown out. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to see, like, you know, everybody competing here. And it, I don't know. It's just fun to watch finally again, you know? And it, Yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see how this all plays out. And of course, you know, you know, everybody is bringing it and I love the coaching and certain teams, you know, the matchups are so important and certain teams are better than, you know, against another team because of the matchup. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a better overall team, but you know, they can pull a win out. It matters, you know, and at the end of the day, it's who wins, you know, the Super Bowl. So it's, and it's not always necessarily the better team. It's that day, that matchup. It's like any given Sunday. And that's, that's, it's fun. That's why I like football and sports. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a hundred percent why we like football and sports <laughs> and a team that I did not mention there are the Rams who obviously have really struggled. Yeah. They do have Jalen Ramsey. Now I still go back to what I said a few weeks ago. I, he doesn't play offensive line. So I don't know that he fixes all their problems. That being said, it will be interesting to see in the second half of the season, what does he do for that team? Does he continue to ignite a bit of a spark under them? And I don't know that they can be counted out just yet. So that's another team 
to watch. You know, once again, the NFC West oh. is the division to watch. So hold uh, your phone. Um, Adam Schefter, or Schefter just um, tweeted that Akib Tlaib has been traded from the Rams hmm? for a fifth round pick to Miami. So either. Oh, God, poor Akib Tlaib. <laughs> <laughs> So the Rams just got a fifth. That that really does. So as of right now, the only trade there is he goes to Miami for a fifth round pick. Yeah, that. But I I think that's interesting because the Rams are definitely shedding because of Ramsey. They have to make his payroll up. But yes, yes, they and they want to keep him around. They did not trade for Jalen Ramsey just for the second half of the season. That's for sure. No, no. I think think they're trying to make him. But I I didn't get that trade to be honest, like totally. But. You know, whatever. <laughs> I think the Rams love a flashy trade, and yeah. it they want was the a flashy star. trade. And and it's also possible. I don't think the Rams are giving up on 2019, but it's also possible that the Rams saw an opportunity there to get him now and see what he could do, and then sign him long term. But I don't know. I don't really get. I it. think they did to sell tickets because like LA is kind of rebuilding their whole franchise of like football, you know, and they're, you know, he's one of those players that sells tickets. Oh, that's, you know what, that's a, that's a really good point. And they're opening that new stadium next year and it's going to be expensive to get tickets in that new stadium. So I think that there's probably a lot of truth to that as well. So, all right, we got some breaking news in the pod for you guys. So (laughs) you're welcome. Uh, We talked about, the Vikings, they've had quite a resurgence in the last few weeks since there was a little bit of apparently discontent among Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins went on a podcast, apologized to Adam Thielen, and now things are looking up. So we'll see if that continues. That division, of course, is going to be them and the Packers. The Bears, in my opinion, are a lost cause. I think everyone knows my feeling on that. But how interesting the other day they lose to the Chargers on a last second field goal miss. And I said it before, and I sound like a broken record. I will say it again. Tunnel vision, so focused on a kicker, not taking the time to take a look in that playoff game. Why were they in a position against a team that they were much better than to even be down to a last minute field goal because their offense did not perform because they've made a mistake at quarterback. And I think for the Rams, the sooner they, I'm sorry, not the Rams. I think for the bears, the sooner they can accept that the better off they will be. But I cannot put that on my plate of things to worry about this week. Nonetheless, that is my, that is my opinion on the bears. Uh, kitchens in the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Steph. No, I was just going to say, I, I do think, and I, and it was interesting because everybody criticized certain picks, you know, when you when you pick a punter at four, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, special teams account for 20% of every play that's played on the football field. And, you know, I can, I can really start to see that there's just so many things that go into it. And it's not – it's really hard to put together a football team. So when a it team is. does it, you know, there's it, – it's not like – something that's guaranteed, but, you know, they, they made their, their bed. Like they thought quarterback was the issue and they chose and, you know, they chose wrongly, but they did. But I think in in the last, I guess what what I'm referring to more is that last season, they, there was such tunnel vision on 
because right. they had the missed kick at the end of the game. And Nagy was bringing kickers in, having them kick 42-yard field goals, and if they right. missed it, that was it. And that was the focus. And they, I think they did choose wrong at quarterback, which happens. The draft in so many ways is hard. a crapshoot, especially at quarterback. So, oh, yeah. And I think it is hard for Bears fans to know that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were in that draft. But I, it seems that, and obviously Matt Nagy is a professional and a coach, so of course he's looking at his offense and his quarterback. It just feels like there was so much tunnel vision there, and the bigger issue was under center. And special teams is a huge part of it, but when you don't look at why you're why you're in a position like that, Bears team was so much better than the Eagles. And no. they were they shouldn't have been in that position at the end of that game, and that wasn't because the field goal kicker. That was because of a sputtering offense, and it feels that never got addressed. And so it will be kind of interesting to see over this next off season because I don't think the Bears are going to make the playoffs. So I think yeah, I over this next off season, what do they do at quarterback? Uh, unless they make some sort of trade today, but I don't even know who they could trade for at quarterback. That's going to change anything for them right now. Uh, so we'll see. It is interesting, of course. Matt Nagy was coach of the year last year, and now Bears fans want him fired. I don't think he should be <laughs> fired. I think everyone needs to take a breath. I think it's like he, you know, it is hard to win football games, and it's, you know, I get it. But uh, I think we'll see how they respond, you know, the rest of the season and into the offseason. Um, so we'll go from there. Uh, speaking of coaches that could very well be fired, do we think yeah. – and I don't agree. I do. We think Freddie Kitchens is getting fired, even though I still think this is how bad teams stay bad is to fire a coach every year or two. But yeah. the Browns have been just awful. I mean, they did sort of compete the other day against the Patriots, and they did get to within one score. But yeah. they really have just been so bad, and they have so much talent on that team. Is he going to go? Well, my opinion, I think I have to kind of back up because, like, after last season, there was, like, all this talk and these stories that came out about a feud and people, like, you know, you know, within the organization leaking and, you know, they weren't together. So I always think it starts at the top. And mm -hmm. when stuff like that happens, you know, it trickles down. And it really, like, the Freddie Kitchens hire really reminded me and you know a lot about this was the tonsilla hire like yeah it was to me like oh he's somebody i can trust he's a company man whether or not he could like he had no you know real experience you know on a you know yes he was obviously he's a good coach but he wasn't at that caliber you know mm -hmm. of all these other coaches who have put in their time have been coordinators have been this have been that you know, on many teams and put in the work, they hired a company man. And to me, it really kind of has that same vibe. Now, whether or not he's going to be fired, I don't know. But I I think they made that same mistake because of all the drama, not because he was the most qualified. I think you're right. I think you're 100% correct on that. And it so is similar to the Jim Tom Sula hire. It, it has lots of of similarities there. So we'll see what happens there and we'll see how they finish out the season. They have also a very tough schedule, but at the end of the day, this is the NFL and everybody's right. good. Even your worst teams and worst players are still better than everybody else. 
know, so (laughs) that's that's a thing. That's why when you go dolphins and (laughs) dolphins, they'll put the dolphins up against the college team, and the dolphins are probably and the Bengals are probably probably going to win. So uh, we'll see. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders, or decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door, and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. My friends love Harry's because it gives them a close shave, easy glide, low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Let's turn our attention in our last couple minutes here to uh, quickly talk about the NBA. Your Warriors are off to a very tough start. Warriors fans are not used to this. I think it's going to be a little bit of a rude awakening this season. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. The Warriors fans are used to this from before. But from the last several years, and as fans, when our teams are good for years in a row, we all get spoiled. That's the beauty of being a fan. That's the great thing about it. So they're in a new they're in a new arena too, and mm-hmm. so I think that's been a little bit tough for your guys. But do you think they will turn it around as the season goes on? Uh, you know, I kind of have a weird um, feeling about this because you know I lived through um, 
many years, I never thought I would ever see Golden State Warriors win a championship within my lifetime. That's kind of the what I had always thought. Like, I was a long-suffering fan of the NBA. But I still went, and they've always had really good name, numbers and good attendance at Oracle. And, yes, they moved to San Francisco. Yes, everything's more expensive. And, you know, the teams they face, um, and they're definitely rebuilding – you know, the Clippers are very good. I don't want to take very anything good. away from what LA's done. Kawhi Leonard is, to me, the best two-way player in the league um, mm-hmm. because he can score, but he also plays defense. Like, I just think he's remarkable. And I'm not saying that's the end-all, be-all. And I know um, everybody wants, in my opinion, this is my opinion, that everybody wants who's ever on top to fail because that's what we go for. I mean, I do that with the Patriots, you know, or whoever's, you know, on top, because you kind of want to see somebody else. And I get that as a Warriors fan. um, You know, I actually think that what they did and, you know, absent KD, which he didn't want to stay anymore, I actually think they have a better team than, you know, take away KD. I think they have a better team this year than they do or did last season because they have more depth and all the players that they've, you know, got now can contribute. Like, so I don't know. I think time will tell. I think it's October. I think they're getting used to each other. I'm not in panic mode. I don't think they're going to win. I, all the games they are not going to, you know, you know, set tons of records or anything, but if they make it into the playoffs, Clay gets healthy I think that, you know, that's good. And I think that they kind of like being the underdog. Yeah, I think they probably do. It probably actually takes a lot of pressure off, and uh, it may be better for them. So you're right. It is October. We are are one week into the NBA season. So there's no reason for (laughs) – yeah, I mean, we're really – there's no reason for anyone to panic yet. But I know it's been a topic of discussion in the Bay, so I certainly wanted your opinion. Um, Where they are probably panicking right now is in our nation's capital. We have game six of the World Series tonight. Nationals, of course, as we know, went up two games to nothing on the Astros on the road. The Astros came back and won all three games in D.C., and now they go back to Houston. This is, to me, very reminiscent. 1996, the Atlanta Braves played the New York Yankees. They went up two games to nothing on the road in New York and then proceeded to lose the next four games and lose the World Series, which broke my, my heart. Uh, <laughs> I, remember that that aside, I remember that game. I remember that game. That was, <laughs> and that was really, that was the end of Steve Avery's career, really. Uh, he, the bases were loaded, and instead of taking him out, Bobby Cox let him stay in. Jim Leyritz came up, hit a grand slam home run in, in game three, and that was basically it. Like, he never really it. recovered from that. Um, and that was, that was that. So you guys know my, my Braves Yankees knowledge is, is pretty deep. Uh, so we'll see here what happens. It just it feels similar, but I'd love to see the Nationals win, especially after everything that went on with the Astros last week. And we didn't really, you know, touch on this, but if, I think as most people probably know, uh, Stephanie Epstein, a reporter from Sports Illustrated, reported how the the former assistant GM of the Astros made some very taunting comments at female reporters about Osuna, who had served a 75-game suspension for domestic violence. And the Astros really tried to discredit her and called her a liar. And then they had to apologize because they were 100% wrong. And 
I was rooting for the Nationals anyway, but now I'm totally rooting for the Nationals. Uh, but we'll see what will happen. But this is – it was something that pretty much – it kind of rocked the sports world. Um, but what was good to see is how many people came to the defense of Stephanie Epstein and said, no, they're they're wrong, and you cannot discredit a reporter. You can't call a reporter a liar. You take away a reporter's word, you take away everything. And that was just really disappointing and just disgusting to see. Yeah, it was tough for me to see. I'm obviously rooting for the Nationals. Do I think they're better than the Astros? No, I think Houston is like they're a powerhouse. They're they have, you know, a better bullpen. They have a better closers. They have everything in place, you know, to win this. I think they were heavily favored to win. I think that was a big misstep when I heard that the PR person was a woman. That shocked me mm-hmm. even more because I just I just can't get behind that, you know, ever. And um, but I think too that even though this came out, this is really nothing new to women in sports. It's something that I've seen for many years. It's just never been this big of like, you know, a media thing. So, you know, kudos to her for writing the story and having, you know, the guts to put that out there because, you know, she got, you know, really hammered by the organization and MLB. And I'm hoping that MLB actually does something to find the Astros, do something that actually makes a difference because it's just not okay. No, it's not. And with that, that brings us to Fangirl Says Who's Hot, Who's Not. Uh, would you like to go first, Steph, or would you like me to go first? You can go first. <laughs> well, my who's not, I don't think will surprise anybody based on what we just talked about, but I would say the Astros organization. I will separate that from the players on the field, but I would say the Astros organization is definitely very not hot. So I'm going to give that to them. And my who's hot, you know, I think my who's hot right now are going to be the Minnesota Vikings. Let's see where they go from here, but we've seen a resurgence over the last few weeks. We've seen a lot more chemistry between Kirk Cousins and his receivers. So let's make the Minnesota Vikings hot right now. I like it. I like it. So um, for my who's hot, I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. I think he deserves Rookie of the Week. I think he's going to get that announcement Thursday, Friday, whenever they do it. Um, he was stellar. He's fun to watch. It's exciting. Um, and you know, it's, it's just fun that he's a rookie and he's having this much of an impact on a game. And you know, it's, it's, it's just neat to watch. So he's my, who's hot. Who's not, I, you totally took it from me. because I was you could, We can have the same. Who's not, we can totally have the same. Who's not, there are no rules about this. I just think it's just, I mean, there was a you. You got a pitcher on the down. You got him, you know, basically on the cheap. You did everything because you wanted to win, and then you tried to turn it around and say, "No, I can, I can tell more about domestic violence because I'm starting a conversation." But then you try to kill it when the conversation goes. So yeah, Astros are not hot. And with that, my friends, that is today's episode of Fangirl Playbook. We will absolutely talk to you guys next week. Keep an eye on any big trades that we can talk about more. And that's all she wrote, or that's all she said, because it is a podcast. (laughs) Steph, I will talk to you next week. All right.